Harmonious Holidays, Repairing Relationships for Stress-Free Gatherings. Welcome to Wellness Wisdom. As we approach that magical time of year filled with twinkling lights and laughter and the joy of being with loved ones, there's also a quieter truth that many of us share. The holidays can sometimes bring along fear, their fair share of stress. But fear not, because in today's episode, we are delving deep into a topic that's bound to resonate with all of us, harmonious holidays, repairing relationships for stress-free gatherings. I'm thrilled to be joined by a panel of holistic health coaches, all of whom are close friends and colleagues of mine. Together, we're going to explore practical strategies and heartwarming stories that will help you transform these potentially tense holiday moments into opportunities for connection and understanding and healing. So let's be honest, we all have our fair share of family anecdotes that make us chuckle or cringe. And that's exactly where the journey begins. So whether you're sipping on hot cocoa or you're taking a walk while you listen, get ready to gather around for an insightful conversation that's going to arm you with the tools to make this holiday season truly special. I am your host, Shannon Spears. And our key takeaway today, it's powerful, effective communication. So without further ado, let's dive into the heart of harmonious holidays. We've got Michelle McCoy, Bobby McGrath. Jane Phillips and Sarah Beaton with us today. You'll recognize them from other episodes um, that we have brought to you. Welcome back, ladies. Hello, hello. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. So what inspired us to talk about this topic? I think, you know, in a discussion that we had um, a while back, you know, it was just kind of talking about planning our businesses around the upcoming holidays and things like that, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And of course, after that, you know, we've got New Year's and Easter and, and all of that, right? And, you know, we had these discussions about some of the struggles that we have encountered in our own families and get togethers and just the stress of trying to coordinate schedules with everybody. So, um, you know, I think it for us, it was just, it was really inspiring. This is something that is really just we all deal with it, no matter what time of year it is, no matter, you know, if it's families, it's friends, anything like that, right? So um, let's kind of talk a little bit about what the research shows when it comes to this type of topic. Bobby, do you want to kind of give us some insight into that? I know you've done some research on it. Yeah, a little diving into that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Research shows that individuals with supportive and rewarding relationships um, have better mental health, which is awesome, and lower rates of anxiety and depression, which are, as we all know, at this time of the year, can be ramping up, especially if you've had any kind of trauma throughout this year or a loss, a death. Um, anything big in your life that can really kind of spike at this time of the year and higher levels. Um, when you have stronger relationships, you've got higher levels of self-esteem and confidence. And when you're, you have a stronger relationships or you feel more held by your community, your family, your people, your immune system blooms. It's, it's enjoying it. It likes it. It's, it's feeling safe. And when your immune system is feeling safe, that's when your body can resist disease, fight off infections, things like the bigger things like cancer or autoimmune issues. So strong relationships really are the foundation to any complete health kind of program that you'd be wanting to work on. Absolutely. So let's kind of set the foundation, kind of building the foundation. Let's talk about the thoughts of, you know, how important is it in setting positive intentions? How about some self-reflection and its impact on relationships? And then we'll talk a little bit about that open and honest conversation. You know, obviously importance of setting positive intentions, right? Like if we go into a family gathering going, Ugh, I know so-and-so is going to be there. And it didn't go so well after we, you know, the last time we were together and we haven't spoken since, right? Like it's, it's automatically setting up that negative play that's going to go on there. So really important to kind of go, you know, let's start off on a new foot. Let's really start off and just kind of see what happens and 
maybe they don't show or, you know, just all of these different thoughts. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of that. Well, one of the things that people know, we talk a lot about and we use words, but we don't really realize it is you talk about, oh, I got a really bad vibe from that person or that person's energy was whatever. We actually have an energy field we enter rooms with, or we enter situations with that surrounds our body. And it's kind of like five feet on either side and a couple feet above us and below us. And if you're walking into a situation that you already, like you just said, Shannon, already are um, manifesting negative attitude towards either a person or a situation that may occur, that's being projected out. So people, that's bouncing off of someone else's energy, right? And when you, any of us have run into somebody that's got negative energy or is really in a um, complaining state or just a ho-hum, this is gonna, you know what state, um, it really does bring your energy level down. So as much as you can have an intention before you even go to a gathering or family event, whatever, of that I'm going to put my best foot forward, I'm going to be positive, I'm going to give out positive vibes, I'm going to ask clear questions to people, look engaged, be present, smile, any, you know, be endearing versus, you know, pulling back, sitting by yourself, not you know, asking somebody how they are, not addressing them, not being inquisitive, all of those things go into your intention of coming to the gathering with a great opportunity to have a good time. Absolutely. And I think that also brings it around to that self-reflection, right? Um, we have to take that internal look and see what part of us is, is being reflected. For sure. And I think if you have had a situation where you, you know, don't necessarily feel like you're at fault for maybe something in the past. That's the kind of thing that you kind of have to set aside for that moment because every interaction is a new interaction with someone and can start off on a positive note. And I think the amount of energy that people spend in their nervous system or in their body anticipating a negative experience or reaction really is a drain. It's, and the holidays are a drain in the first place because of all the busyness and all of the things that we have to just make sure we have ready to go um, to spend that amount of time in that negative zone of anticipating a, a poor interaction or a, you know, an event that doesn't kind of, isn't going to go well. It really is not good for your nervous system or your health. It's kind of like the body, the body follows the mind, right. And, and thinking, you know, your think thought process is your body will tense up. You may not even notice it. So you've already, you've already failed if you're going to program your mind to think the worst, right? So it's something to really consider. Yep. And I hundred percent agree with the body follows the mind because a lot of times people even don't even know it, but there's a pattern that can happen where they're self-sabotaging. I'm sure you guys have all run into somebody that was supposed to show at something and they got sick or they got sick while they were there and they had to leave early or the person who is so, so struggling with being interactive with people that they self-sabotage by just drinking too much. And then they're not even able to even be coherent when they're there. So there's a, there's a lot of numbing that goes on. There's a lot of putting up blockades to kind of protect yourself from actually having that interaction, which is unfortunate because it's your time to build relationships when you have those gatherings versus kind of step back and protect yourself from them. Absolutely. Great point, Bobby. And you really brought up that open and honest conversation as well, right? I mean, where if we have it with ourselves, we have to have it with other people around us. So to really use that as kind of that forefront in, in opening those relationships back up, you know, how can setting intentions change the atmosphere of a, com of a whole holiday gathering? You know, when we combine that with communication, have any of you kind of experienced that whole change of that thought process when you walk in somewhere? Well, I think just with what Bobby was saying, ahead of time, getting yourself prepared to walk into that holiday gathering in a happy mood, even if you're thinking negative thoughts about past experiences with these people, just starting fresh, putting your best foot forward, of course, wiping that smile on your face is huge. When you're walking in smiling, even though you don't feel that way inside, it does make a massive difference, I think, in your experience that day or night or wherever, however long you're going to be with 
this family or your friends. hundred percent. Not only that, you're, you're at a gathering and there are several people there. There may be someone there that you don't particularly get along with or haven't gotten along with. You want to make amends with them. Yeah, definitely go in with the thought that I'm going to, I'm going to make this right. No matter what happens, they may not follow suit. Uh, you know, it may not work out. That's okay. Uh, there are other people at that gathering that you don't want to sour the whole energy as well. Right. So it's something to consider. Well, I will uh, share a personal experience that has been going on for several years. When, um, when my parents' house closed up because they we had to move to an assisted living, um, I kept a couple of different items of my mom's. And one of the things I kept up was an old canister that I remember being on our counter growing up and there it was a clear glass one. And so um, we rotate with my sister-in-laws for Thanksgiving and I would put out these little pieces of paper and it was the thankful jar. And they had to put in all, I, everybody got like four or five of them when they walked in the door, my nieces and nephews, everybody. I'm like, fill it up guys. And you needed to put something on there that you were thankful for. And then when we would actually eat dinner, um, we would open the jar and everybody would have to pull out a bunch of them. And then we'd all kind of go around as we're eating and just read them. And you always kind of guessed who said what and that kind of stuff because they didn't write their name on it. But it gave that environment of just let's bring positivity to the system or to your event or situation even if there was something terrible that had gone on maybe in the family over the last year or so, it, it kind of wiped that away and brought the focus and shine the light on what are you thankful for? And that, that has been a tradition and everybody kind of grumps and groans, you know, yeah. when they come in like, Oh, aunt Bobby, why do you make us do this? You know, but then afterwards that everybody's happy and they laugh because some of the things that the kids write down are hilarious. I think it goes hand in hand with even things like, you know, coming to the dinner table, like when things have been kind of high intensity in your house, right? Maybe there's been an argument between the kids or, you know, they've everybody's just kind of had a, an off week, right? I used to have those little questions that we could ask each other at dinner time. And a lot of times that's when we bring them out when we kind of needed to have that everybody's at the table but nobody wanted to communicate, right? So you just bring them out and everybody pick one and it starts the conversation, it starts the communication. And a lot of times, I think when we get out of our own heads and thinking about all of the things of what if, what could happen, what might happen, you know, then we start really falling into that place of being able to give grace and empathy and some forgiveness. And, and that kind of, you know, leads into you know, our, our next point here is navigating those challenges of, you know, how do we do forgiveness? How do we um, have empathy with people who maybe aren't ready to forgive us or don't want to have those conversations and just kind of walk away? And, and how do we set healthy boundaries? Because obviously these family functions aren't going to stop. And the only person that we hurt is ourselves if we decide not to go, right? It doesn't hurt the other person. So Michelle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go to you for a minute on, let's talk about forgiveness um, and, and healing those strained relationships. Yeah. Well, you know, Shannon, for the last three years, we've had a lot of strained relationships within our families, uh, more so than ever with everything that's gone on in the world, right? Holidays have, you know, they weren't the way they used to be. So it just, it added another level of stress um, and anxiety, probably, you know, depending on your situation. But we've also learned that time is short, right? Like we are not promised tomorrow. So, you know, as we were, as I was thinking about this, I wanted to kind of get into what what does God say about forgiveness, right? Because we are supposed to forgive. We were given that command to forgive. And really Jesus modeled how we should pray, number one, in the Lord's prayer. Um, that's in Matthew 6. But then he, in, in Matthew 14, like 14, um, 15, like he talks about, you know, how our father, I mean, will he forgive us if we don't truly forgive someone else? It's something to think about, right? If, you know, especially if you are um, the, the Christian woman listening, like in your faith is very important to you. Like we are commanded to forgive, but the command is for our benefit. It's not just a command just because God's like, no, you need to forgive everybody. No, it's really to help us be in good health 
in our mind, body, soul, and spirit. Because what happens when we don't forgive? What happens when we hold on to that unforgiveness? Like you said, Shannon, it just hurts us. It doesn't hurt the other person. Yep. And it can breed bitterness and it can make us actually physically sick. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 15, 13 says that specifically about the heart. It says a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. I mean, we can get physically sick by holding on to years, decades, whatever of unforgiveness. So this is not easy, right? Like make sure I want you to be sure that you understand that I understand <laughs> it's not easy. It takes time. It takes intentionality, but you don't have to go it alone because, you know, you can, you can go to the Lord and ask him to help you. This is what forgiveness is not. It's not forgetting. It's not mm -hmm. excusing because we've got the gamut of things that we might need to forgive or ways that we've been wounded or hurt, right? It could be something minor, like somebody just made a snarky comment to us and it hurt our feelings, or it could be serious trauma. Like we are trying to get past some serious trauma. So it's not forgetting. It is not excusing. It is not denying that it happened, denying reality of it happening. It's not stuffing the pain. It's not a feeling, but forgiveness is a command for our benefit. It is saying to God that, okay, you can take this, you can deal with the justice of it because you're bigger than I am and I don't know how to deal with it anyway. It's giving up your anger, giving up your depression and your anxiety over it. Forgiveness is a choice. It's an action, but it's also a process. So you really want to be gentle with yourself and you want to seek the Lord for his help because we can't do this on our own. You know, everybody has, how many times have we tried to forgive somebody and we say, well, I'll forgive him, but I'll never forget. Okay. That's yeah. true. You don't have to forget, but that statement right there is a negative statement and it, it's breeding mm -hmm. bitterness and pain in our self still. So we're still hurting ourselves. So it takes time. And sometimes we need to seek extra outside help as well to help walk us through that journey. 100%. Absolutely. Very well said. Mm -hmm. That that alone, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are going to have to take a moment to kind of hit pause and think about that for a minute, you know, because it is 100% true. So thank you. Thank you for saying all of that. You know, with forgiveness comes empathy, right? So and empathy is giving us the ability to bridge those gaps that we have in relationships. Bobby, do you want to take a few minutes and speak on that? I do. I want to put a little twist into what Michelle was saying is that when we hold on to insert the word that you are holding on to or multiple words, whether it's bitterness, anger, frustration, just fear. I mean, if you listen long enough to health coaches and different things like that, you will hear that the body stores those emotions in the fascia, in the organs. And so when people are having gallbladder attacks or they have liver disease or they have adrenal issues, you know, fear is a lot of fear is based in your adrenal gland and your liver's got a lot of anger and your gallbladder's resentment. And if you look up Chinese medicine, you can, find all this information. And when I first started making that connection, I was absolutely blown away that yes, you know, all these feelings can manifest themselves in your health for sure. A hundred percent. And, but when it gets down to like specific organs and things like that, I was just kind of like, wow, this is absolutely crazy. And when you start to pick it apart and you open that door with somebody and you just say, you know what, your skin issues, um, eczema, things like that, where your lymphatic system's not draining. And, you know, maybe we've got a little issue here with not just the fact that you have skin issue, but that you have some unresolved issues in your life that you need to need to address. And we probably all heard yeah. the kind of the statement, what we resist persists. <clears throat> and so I would encourage people, if you're constantly having this thing come rise to the surface and it keeps coming up in your life in different places, really focus in on where is that, where is it stored and what do I need to do to follow steps with that? And like Michelle said, sometimes you just need counseling or somebody to walk you through that. It doesn't have to be a counselor, but maybe somebody that has some insight into it. Because once you become empathetic with yourself and identify the fact that you have 
some unresolved issues in your in your body and you learn the ways to let that go because there's all kinds of different you know therapies you can do and even things easy things you can do at home it's amazing how you can take your health to the next level if they can have empathy for yourself but also for other people what they've been through you know you don't know right. their story when they walked in or what their morning was like when they came to your camp that leads to boundaries right not just boundaries for other people but boundaries for ourselves you know and that's something that so many people lack in many areas of their life you know a, a parent right knows that they should have certain boundaries with kids but sometimes that's as far as it goes you know they forget that they can they they're allowed to set boundaries with a spouse they're allowed to set boundaries at work they're allowed to set boundaries with friends right and an extended family because we're the only ones who are looking out for us but especially as women we tend to have those personalities where we want to take care of everybody else and we put ourselves last and so when it comes to this topic we want to make sure that the other person is feeling okay even if we're feeling like crap you know and and it's i just want to make sure that they're okay like i don't want to rock the boat because of you know it might affect them meanwhile we're not taking care of ourselves we're not paying attention to what we need and i know all of us here have experienced that and what it can do for our health and our hormones um you know all sorts of different things and and that's why we help our clients out with the things that we do so um you know one of the things that i had to learn and, and our family has been through a lot and I let boundaries slip a lot, but it, at some point I finally learned to stand my ground and say, no, you know, this, I need to do this for me. And when you stand up and do that, life starts to take a whole new look and a whole new few turns, places you didn't think that it could go. So when we're talking about just those strained relationships, even within family, it is okay to set those boundaries. It's necessary to set those boundaries. And one of the things that I have always kept in the forefront for the last few years since I learned this is I'm not responsible for their response. However they respond has something to do that's going on inside of them. It's not because of me. It's an unresolved issue inside of them. So it helped a lot because then I stopped taking offense to the way somebody reacted. And I was able to carry on having a conversation regardless of what someone else's opinion was even, you know, it's, that's fine. That's your opinion. This is where I stand. This is the hill that I'm on right now. And you are perfectly okay to stand on that hill, even though it's a different one right now. It's okay. I just want to find that way that we can kind of come together, move forward on a good path. Here's my boundaries. Here's your boundaries. And and it becomes important when you have set those boundaries to let someone else know when they've crossed them. It's okay. Again, it's necessary because people don't learn just like a child doesn't learn. You know, you've set boundaries. Don't touch the stove. The stove is hot. Sometimes it takes that child reaching a hand up and barely touching the stove for them to learn that boundary was set for a reason. And, and I've had to learn the hard way. So Sarah and Jane, do you guys have any thoughts on, on boundaries? Well, I listen to a lot of uh, Joel Olstein, and I, this sticks in my head every time I go to think about, uh, you know, forgiving or whatnot. Let God be your vindicator. Always, always, always. Right. So there's certain things that only you can do. You're responsible for yourself, but ultimately let God be your vindicator. And I have been in situations with a family member, female family member on my husband's side. And uh, she, she would pick, pull him aside and ask what I was doing, question everything I was doing. She wouldn't come to me. All right, whatever. So I just, uh, there were many years of that. And I just said, listen, you want to know about me, come to me. And then there was, that was the end of that. It got into this big hurrah and everything. And it's been difficult over the years in accepting that there's not everybody's for you, right? So you have to just make your way through life and uh, accept what is and just be the best person that you can be. Yeah. I mean, family is family. It doesn't yeah. mean that God made the perfect match, you know, right, he's, right. he's given us a life of challenges. And sometimes that challenges is family, whether it's blood family, family we've married into, married out of, <laughs> you know, 
Right. Absolutely. Right. Boundaries are different for everyone. So it's really important to decide what they are to you, what's important for you. So when it comes to the holidays, you know, some people, if they're seeing their family, maybe for a longer time frame, or you're flying in from out of town, maybe you need some space. So it's important for those people to maybe stay in a separate hotel or a different home. That's going to give you space so that way you can control how much time you're spending with these people. Another, another family may, you know, just feel fine with just spending the day with them. That's fine too which is usually, you know, most of our families in town, that's usually what we do. But um, others who really have a lot of stress with their family, maybe they just want to spend time with their immediate family, their, you know, husband and kids during the holidays. So really, it's just finding out what's really going to make you happy and it's going to be the best for you and your family. Absolutely. Really good points about those who are going to be traveling over the holiday season. And, you know, they may not think that they have a choice, you know, like normally they would stay with family that they're going to visit, right? Well, there's so many places that have Airbnbs that are very affordable now and things like that. So yeah. to you do have those options um, to be able to do that. So and it's, and it's also polite to open that conversation, like you said, with exploring, like, hey, let's let's talk about this year and get getting together. You know, we don't want to make it so hard on you if you're hosting. What are your what is your thoughts on us coming and staying or would you would you prefer that we find another alternative? Do you want me to leave my dog at home? I mean, and you have to be prepared for their answers, but. I think it's also a courtesy and those types of things that are important because sometimes it's that little thing. Remember the princess and the pea, the little yep. thing in the mattress, right? Yeah. That you, you find out years later really made somebody upset that you had no idea about. And it yeah. sometimes is just a communication thing. Like, had I known that you don't like, you know, sauerkraut on your whatever, I would have put it as a side, you know, instead of putting it all over everything. It's respect. Yeah. And I love that you said that, Bobby, because it is, it's a courtesy and it's respect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pets are a big issue. Like pets are a big issue nowadays. And people mm -hmm. think that, you know, their pets should go everywhere. But if you are staying with a family member, maybe they don't want that, right? Maybe they have a, a pet free zone because of allergies or something. So that was a great point because I know that a lot of people have pets and they travel with them all over the place. Um, my goodness, my kids would not know what to do without bringing their dog. Um, well, my daughter specifically, like she brings her dogs everywhere unless we watch them. So, you know, some people don't want that. And, you know, that gives them the opportunity to rent an Airbnb or get a hotel or something like that. So we actually were in that situation last year and everything worked out fine because the conversation was had ahead of time. So mention, you just made me think mentioning allergies. That's another one where boundaries, I think back to my son who has an anaphylactic nut allergy, all the years of stressing over family gatherings and, and those of us who are gluten-free on top of that in the family and then going to family gatherings where we couldn't eat anything or he couldn't eat anything. I mean, it's a lot of stress. And again, like Bobby said, communicating that up front. It's a respect thing. And sometimes there were issues. I, I won't lie. There were issues. <laughs> but once people learned how serious I was and the boundaries I set, um, I think everything kind of fell into place. So absolutely. So that, that leads into some practical <laughs> approaches, right? So when we are preparing for all these, and we've talked a little about, like you said, Michelle, you know, pets, you know, pets are an issue. So what are some practical approaches? Like, like it's talk about it here. Here's my issue. I want to come, but here is this. So I need to find an alternative if you're not okay with this, you know, and just really having those discussions. And, and that falls into some of those small gestures. You know, Bobby, you said, you know, well, I didn't know that you didn't like sauerkraut on, you know, your, your, your brat, right? Like <clears throat> people can, these things can stick with them for years and years and years. And it, it, to you, it's the tiniest thing, but to them, it's huge. Sarah, I had the same thing when it comes to food allergies. My my kids can't have dyes, artificial dyes, literally right. will kill my daughter. You know, they're gluten intolerant. Mm -hmm. And so family had a hard time understanding that. And yeah. so I would actually have to bring yeah, the same. food, most part that we were going to eat. And so it was mm -hmm. like, it just got to a point of what's the point, right? Just, we're just going to stay home, right? you know? So it's, but 
looking back and, and trying to have those conversations and making these small gestures. And, and it's come now to, you know, I will bring this dish, I will bring that dish, but it's going to have to be the way that my kids can eat it. So at least they have something else that they can enjoy. And I promise nobody's going to notice the difference that it's gluten-free, you know? Definitely. So just those small gestures of, of having that and, and finding, finding common interests with family members making, um, you know, shared activities. If you have activities at family functions, right? Like what are some, for lack of a better word, team building <laughs> activities, right? You know, the same as with, you know, striking up a conversation at the table with the little questions that you ask, right? Activities are the same thing. Now for those bigger families who may have some more tension going on, maybe going outside for those activities is a better idea even if there's two feet of snow on the ground, right? But, you know, so how, let's talk about, you know, just briefly a little bit about this and avoiding trigger triggering topics for people as well. Yeah, so like politics, right? Like <laughs> nobody wants Number to talk one. about politics. Please don't get started in that, right? Like in some families yeah. and, and it just can become such a thing. But yeah, I like the action step of the action, you know, getting outside, doing something, you know, um, cornhole, you know, soccer, basketball, football. We always had a thing with our family that after the big dinner, we would go for a walk around the neighborhood. All of us, like everybody yeah. that could walk would be walking. And no, we'd be, the kids would be, yeah, we'd be throwing the football. The kids would be throwing the football running. I mean, you're, you know, you got to make room for dessert, right? So like everybody was just have it, but it was good for like those smaller conversations. And it was a family activity that we were all for the most part doing, um, you know, and then, like I said, like cornhole or something, that's super fun just to get out there and just root for the other team or if you're not playing or whatever, but just the action step of action helps our brain too. And it helps us to uh, be in a different frame of mind. Um, again, that brain body benefits that we get by doing these things, these tangible things that are actually so helpful and it will kind of lower our nervous system. It'll kind of, you know, give us that, um, ability to deal with the person or the situation in a, a kinder, more gentler, more easygoing manner. Right. Well, and sometimes when you pair people, like if you have, I call them competition isn't always the best thing to have at family gatherings, especially, you know, if you've got the super competitive person that always has to win and maybe even will cheat to do it and everybody gets pissed off. And then before you know it, it's like, well, that was no fun, you know? So right. coming up with things that like things that are not super challenging, but kind of are, you know, whether it's, you know, the balloon pop, you know, trying to pop a balloon by sitting on it. I mean, things like that, where it's like, who cares who wins that, right? I mean, right. stuff like that, but having teams and teaming up people that are maybe not necessarily um, know each other that well, or need to have spend some more time. Those are, those are bridges and bond, you know, building bond kinds of activities that they'll remember years later. You know, we used to do, or we still do Easter egg hunts and, we were getting together for something in the summertime and my sister-in-law was like, one of the kids asked if uncle Tim was going to hide the eggs. <laughs> and it was like, but it's not Easter. They were like, yeah, I know. But when we come to your house, you guys always have the egg hunt and we love it. You know, of course they get money and all that, but that's the kind of stuff you want to build into your family gatherings is things Absolutely. that they'll remember that weren't anything big, but they just, they brought a good feeling. Right. Absolutely. Those are those things that stick with us, right? Those things that give us a good feeling, the things that give us that dopamine hit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we remember those. And, you know, a lot of times that covers up anything off-putting or bad that was said, you know, when you have more of that, just you also get to learn more about the people that you are around, especially if it's a family, you only see them during Thanksgiving, or you only see them during Christmas, right? So maybe you don't talk with them very much on the phone during the year, even this is the time to really build those relationships. So having those games and activities, it's more about getting the laughs and the fun and just letting loose, you know, for a while that's, that's going to help. So um, moving, moving forward, right, in building these relationships, in making those small gestures, 
you know, in in our holidays, in, in our gatherings. I think there's also, like you said, Michelle, like going for a walk, those smaller conversations happen, right? But I think it's also a need to remind ourselves that you're here to enjoy family. You're here to enjoy the occasion. Sometimes maybe there isn't a spot or there's a wrong place to bring up, you know, what's going on and that hurt, those hurt feelings that are really bothering you, you know, because sometimes we, some people may be hyper-focused on that the entire time that they're there, no matter what happens, you know, they just want to bring it up. So I think it's important to talk about having those respectful disagreements and knowing when it's time for a timeout. You know, as adults, we we hate that word. We put our kids in timeout, right? But like, we never think to kind of take that timeout. So, um, you know, let's just kind of talk about this for a minute. And and I can tell you that one of the bigger things that I have noticed in um, our family, our extended family, when we get together is when alcohol is involved, it's that huge trigger. And that's, that's when things just start escalating. So for us, we, we've learned to notice when to bow out. That's our time out. It's time to go. Things are going to escalate. I don't want to be here when they do, especially for the kids. So, you know, when you have a situation like that, I think it's important to, to gauge the potentials that can happen and when to leave good enough alone. I agree. And I completely agree with that. And I think anytime you have alcohol in the equation, there has to be the person who is not impacted physically by the alcohol has to have, like you can even, if that's an issue and you know it's an issue, there's almost like this pre-practiced information that you can think about at home, even reversing or rehearsing, sorry, a statement of like, you know what, that topic's really uncomfortable and I don't know if this is the best situation right now to be discussing it. I'd happy to happily discuss this with you in a few weeks when the holidays are over. Let's circle back and talk about that. But right, right now, I, don't, I really am uncomfortable to have that conversation. And right. You can only speak from your own stance versus what they're doing, how you are coming from, you know, where you're coming from. Exactly. And like you said, going using the I statement, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not in a place I can discuss that. Um, I was actually sitting at a, a celebration of life with, um, it was my husband's client. He was the widow. And some very close person said something to the widow like, oh, I heard your wife, you know, had her parasite low, was really high, blah, blah, blah. I mean, something where I was just, my mouth hit the floor, like before she died, what was up with that or something? And he literally just said that I'm really uncomfortable talking about that right now. I just, I don't really want to discuss it. And it like shut it down right there. He didn't say it angry. He didn't say it rude. He didn't get up from the table and leave. And it was just like, it was the biggest road like stop sign, like we're not going there. I'm not going there, you know, and you can do it with grace and you can do it with empathy. Like I understand you want to have that discussion. Let's revisit it at a better time. Right. And I think taking that conversation, because obviously there are some people out there who are going to take offense to just that simple statement. Right. And so I think it's always good to, I mean, we, we can judge people, you know, pretty good as to, What's, are they in a good mood? Is this a, like you said, it was a celebration of life. You know, what's kind of the situation here? And maybe sometimes we need to focus on kind of following that up with a positive topic to talk about, right? Like steering them towards something else if they want to continue to stand there and, and talk with us, right? Like this is off limits, but hey, how is, or, you know, just kind of steering towards another conversation, even if it's the weather, you know, hey, I know you just came in from such and such place. How has the weather been? You know, I hear maybe there's a hurricane coming, whatever, you know, just gearing and, and steering that conversation into more positive ways. Always right. a safe topic to talk about the weather. But I wanted to be I wanted to be sure to to we'll put this um, in the show notes, this resource, but boundaries, this book, uh, when to say yes, how to say no to take control of your life by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. This book, it's not something that you can just devour. You need to take it in small bites because you have to put it into practice because what we're talking about takes practice. Like yeah. you've got that person that, you know, can be like a bulldog with a bone and they can keep 
poking the bear and you've said, Hey, I'm not comfortable talking about this. So what do you do next? Like you can try it, even learning this and doing it 10 times, you might still have that person. So it is a practice and, but every time you do it, you get stronger. That's the beauty, beauty of it. Like every time you do it, you just feel more confident, you feel stronger and you might have to walk away. You might have to say, we're just going to agree to disagree. I need to run to the bathroom. You know, I'll see yep. you in a minute or something. Right. Or yep. you're getting a text or a phone call. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, it's oh, just, you shouldn't have to be putting up with that. You shouldn't have to be the doormat. Um, often a lot of women tend to be, they don't want to be rude. And so they tend to stick around longer. I used to do this all the time, stick around longer than, uh, we should and take take our licks more than we need to boundaries yeah. really really helps i think having those um realistic expectations as well you know rome wasn't built in a day you know things are not going to happen and move in a positive light in a day you know that not everything is going to get fixed while you're at this family reunion or this christmas celebration so setting those realistic expectations and really more so going in with, hey, if we have a chance, if a chance comes up to discuss this, you know, what is what is your plan? What is your outline in your head kind of navigating that space if it comes available? Um, let's talk about, you know, kind of moving forward after the holidays, right? Like after um, the holiday season and, and nurturing those relationships. Like we talked about before, sometimes it's, Hey, I don't really feel comfortable talking about that right now. Let's just enjoy and have some fun and turning it to more positive um, questions and communication, but in leaving the door open for people to come and say, you know, let's get on the phone and talk about this in a couple of weeks, or let's go meet and have coffee, you know, next Saturday and, and discuss this, you know? So, what are some other ways that we can just kind of nurture these relationships that we have one built or have started to repair on the road to repair? I would say just, uh, you know, those in between times where you're not in contact with them, you know, you're not in personal contact, things like that. You're not at events. You can certainly mail a card. You can give them a call uh, and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. How's, how's things going? Uh, also, if you live nearby to this person uh, and you know the person is pressed for time, you could offer to run an errand for them. That's one way. And if you are feeling gifty, you can tuck a small surprise gift in their mailbox. And who doesn't lo love nice surprises, right? Generally speaking, with today's busy life, especially during the holidays, just taking a few moments to consider someone else goes a long way in helping someone feel important and to know that you value their relationship, no matter how the how small the the gesture is. So there, there's that to think about uh, as we, you know, as you approach the holiday season. What do you want to do? What small thing can you think of doing just to make a, a really could make a world of impact for someone? And I think not expecting something in return when you right. do small yes. gestures like That's that. That's exactly it. Yep. It's huge. I mm -hmm. remember there's there's been tension between me and, and another person near us um, for years. And mm -hmm. it took me several years to learn how to forgive. And I forgave and have forgotten. You know, I it was something I, I've really had to let go. And for a couple of years in a row, even though we don't speak, we're not friends, I still would put together a holiday basket and go leave it at her door. And she doesn't know who it came from, you know? Um, mm -hmm. It's just a gesture. It's 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 being nice and not just necessarily around the holiday times, you know? Taking that extra step of letting people know that there is someone out there that cares, you know? And, and the only reason why I didn't really, you know, leave my name on it was because I'm not willing to open that door again. You know, I'm just not, and, and, and I'm okay with it. I've released it and I've let it go. So, um, you know, for a few years, that was just kind of my part of being able to release it a little bit more and let go a little bit more is doing things like that. And I never expected anything out of it. You know, some of the best gestures that we've done and I've taught my kids just growing up, um, you know, especially around the holiday season, but we always try to continue it throughout the rest of the year, do something nice for something and never expect anything in return. 
If you are trying, if you're doing something with the hope that they will return something, do something nice for you, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. And I think that has a lot to do with some of the things that are wrong in this world today. A hundred percent. Intention is really, when I go back and I look, you know, when you, after something happens, right, you go to whatever event and you, you kind of decipher and try to pick it apart and think about it. I always try to boil it down to what was the person's intention? for whatever they said, whatever they did, their actions, what was their intention that, that I could see. And if you could feel that intention underneath all of the junk was a real true, they were trying to do something loving or trying to be, you know, show that they cared, but it just fell flat, didn't come out right, whatever. But the intention was there. That's when I kind of, that's when the grace I feel floods in. God's like, yeah. just, you know what, give them some grace. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know how hard it was for them to walk even the door today. Um, but if I'm feeling that the intention was malicious or there was an undercurrent of, like you said, Shannon, like doing something so that you get something back. I mean, that's how the world kind of works. Um, but we're not really called to be in the world. We're, we're called to just see how can we be of service and, you know, lift other people up without dragging ourselves into the basement. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road is how much are you willing to give out and still protect your backyard? And when, when you have those boundaries, those strong boundaries in place, that it's a lot more black and white. And I lived in this gray place for so long because I didn't, I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. I didn't want to say no, no, I can't handle that. I, you know, I need your help and that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until, you know, I got knocked flat by mold intoxication and trying to pull myself out of that, that I realized, oh my gosh, I have like given 150% of myself, which is totally not what God wants us to do, you know? Right. So circling back and making those repairs, I think people really, um, value you as a person if you keep your word. So if you say to somebody, I don't have the conversation right now, but I would be more than happy to revisit this at a time that's more appropriate, follow through, be the person that makes that first phone call. I know my sister who passed away 10 months ago from pancreatic cancer struggled with relationships because she's like, well, I don't know if I should make the first move. And I, I would always say, make the first move, make the first move. If it's persisting and coming up, make the first move. But what, what, you know, but what about this or that? And it's like, don't worry about all of that. Just make the first move. You right. Know? Sometimes that's all it does to melt someone's heart to be like, oh my gosh, you actually cared. You actually followed up with me and cared that I was upset. I think grace, you, you mentioned grace. Grace is so much a large part of this. You know, we don't know anybody else's story even with some of the things they share with us people don't share everything with you we always have this hidden side these hidden thoughts these fears you know the things that are bothering us inside that we don't let anybody know and you know it's that old saying never judge a, a book by its cover you never know what someone is going through moment by moment. It's not like everybody's out there televising everything that's going on. Even those people who are on social media and you think you know their entire life, right? So grace is the biggest thing that you definitely need to come into, you know, these gathering gatherings with. Um, because if you can have grace and show grace, then they will as well. They'll see that. And it's hard not to have that become like a snowball effect. Um, as well. So, right. And that goes along with the forgiveness that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. you know, because what does it do when we forgive? It helps us. Yeah. And it, it's not, it's not benefiting us if we hold on to that. Um, you know, as, as you were talking, Bobby, um, I, I was remembering a verse and I couldn't find it and I found it. It's Ephesians 4, 30, 32, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just in Christ, God forgave you. And so just hanging on to these things, just knowing that it's for our benefit and for our good will help us to extend grace, not only to the person that's wounded us or just flat out annoying us maybe by some of the things that they say or challenging us on something or, but it's going to give grace to 
ourselves them. And they, like you said, snowball effect, they will see that and they will wonder why you're not all riled up. They'll wonder why you're not, you know, engaging with them like you did last year at Thanksgiving. Like how come, you know, and, and they'll just, it'll change them too. And there will, there can very well be healing in your relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And things like reflux, migraines, um, back pain, um, things that are chronic things that people have that kind of keep happening and keep happening and keep happening. When you are able to discharge a lot of that undercurrent that's going on, those things get so much better. And, and yep. people aren't having to pop the, the Tums before they head into something like that, or they're not pre-medicating with you know, some ibuprofen because they know they're going to get a headache when they go to those events and like that. So there is a connection between our health, our mental health, our spirit, our grace, how we treat people. It, it all, it all ends up in the same bucket of wellness. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to leave um, us with a couple of quotes here. So a quote from Winston Churchill. Um, thank you, Bobby, for providing these today. You're welcome. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. And another one, a quote from Maya Angelou, people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. So um, I want to thank you all for being here today and your insights and your contributions. Um, our North Star tip for the day is, you know, communication is key. Varying emotions and thoughts, they only hurt you physically, not them. And this season is about forgiveness and grace and setting those boundaries for yourself, regardless of anybody else's thoughts. You know, this, you have a right and a need to be you and to move forward in your life, even if somebody else isn't ready to. So um, we leave you with that. That is our journey through Harmonious Holidays, repairing relationships for stress-free gatherings. And I hope you have found that our discussion is insightful and heartwarming as we did. You know, we always come to you a little bit prepared, but the conversations that take place are just really what's coming to our hearts and minds as we sit here and speak things to you. So remember that the holiday season, it's a time to cherish. It's an opportunity to strengthen those bonds that matter the most to you. And if you're hungry for more inspiration, be sure to connect with our panelists of health coaches here through their websites and their social media channels. You can always find those in the show notes and the descriptions of our videos, as well as any of the um, PDF opt-ins and things like that we have provided for you. And you can share it with friends. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us reviews that helps other people like yourself to find us. Um, and so as we wrap up, let's remember, let's carry the spirit of effective communication empathy and gratitude into those holiday gatherings, not just in this upcoming season, but throughout the entire year when we're getting together with family. And we are wishing you all a season filled with harmony and meaningful communications and connections. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Enjoy yourselves.